Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're honored you tuned in today. It's our purpose to help each person believe in Jesus, belong to a church family, become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and build God's kingdom. We believe today's message will help you do just that. It will change your life if you listen and apply it. For more information about Pathway Church, please visit www.pathwaychurchok.com. Now, let's go together and hear today's message. In week one, we talked on how we should develop a lifestyle of prayer, and we talked about the importance of prayer. And kind of doing a quick recap, Prayer does four things. Let's look at these in your notes. Uh, prayer, number one, is dedication. Uh, when we show God that we are dedicated to him, we read in John chapter 15 where Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So prayer is a dedication to God. The second thing we looked at was prayer is communication. How many of you know if you want to have a good marriage, there has to be communication. There is a back and forth uh, dialogue taking place. So if there is... A a relationship with God through prayer being established. Prayer is communication. Number three, prayer is supplication. Anybody remember what supplication means? Request. This is where you make your request made known to God. And we looked at uh, how Paul said in the Philippians that we shouldn't worry about anything, but instead pray and bring our requests to God. And then the fourth and final aspect of our first week was prayer is cooperation. And this is where we really take on becoming and having a lifestyle of prayer, is cooperating with God, being unified with Him, taking God at His word and doing what He calls us to do. And then last week, we looked at, does anybody remember what it was called? The secret place. That's right. We looked at what is the secret place, and we looked at three things that we have to understand about the secret place, and that is, number one, understand the location of the secret place. There is a physical location where Matthew 6 says, go into your inner room, shut the door, get alone with God. Then there is a spiritual location where uh, the Bible says you are under the shadow of the Almighty. There is a peace in the middle of the storm. So there is a spiritual location and a physical location of the secret place. And then we looked at the uh, priority of the secret place. And remember, anything worth doing consistently, anything you value, you do consistently, anything that's important to you, you give it priority. So the secret place is a place where you should make it a priority to be at because it's something that brings value to your spiritual life. And then we finish that with understanding the activity of the secret place. And that is reading your Bible, meditating on Scripture, learning how to hear and, and abide into the voice of God. That is spending time in His presence. That is the place where you, you be still and know that God is God. When you understand the secret place in our time alone with God is where our best work is done and where God's best work is accomplished in us. That was the first two weeks. It was pretty good. If you weren't able to hear it, you can go to pathwaychurchok.com and go back and listen to those and get all the other information. And so today starts week three of 26 days of prayer. And we've titled today's message, Why Pray? 
Let's rock and roll. The goal of prayer is to get eternity to make a statement in time. To make heaven visible on earth. To get God to touch humanity. You can say it this way. The goal of prayer is to get someone up there to do something down here. Prayer does not get God to do something that he doesn't want to do. That's powerful. You can't make God do something, but what prayer does, let's look in your outline, prayer gives God access to do what he already wants to do. There is a story in the New Testament where the disciples are needing to feed 5,000 people. Many of you know the story. And there's 5,000 men. They think there's between 15 and 20,000 people there. The disciples go to Jesus and say, how in the world are we supposed to feed all of these people? It's not even possible. And in Matthew 14, Jesus looks and says, there's a boy here that has two fish and five loaves of bread. He says, bring that boy to me. So the boy comes to Jesus. Jesus takes the fish he takes the loaves of bread, and what does he do? He blesses it. He looks to his father and invites God into the situation. <laughs> Whenever he didn't have all that he needed to have, Jesus said, I've got to get someone up there to do something down here. So he took what he had and said, Jesus, or God, I asked you to bless this. And then whenever God blessed it, there was a multitude of food left over. If Jesus had to pray to get his heavenly father to do something up there, don't you think we need to pray to get our heavenly father to do something down here? It, I mean, Jesus could have just said, feed it, and it would have happened. But he had to go through the father. And whenever he get, went through the Father, he said, God, would you do this for me? Would you do the supernatural miracle up there so down here it can take place? Are you following me on that? So today I want to answer one question. One single question. Why pray? I've been raised in church. Prayer has always been... A part of my life, it's been something that has been modeled in our life by my parents, by our church, by other people on staff, by other people in our church. And at some point in my relationship with God, I begin to question, doubt, wrestle, however you want to say it, that is my praying significant? Because whenever we'd have people come and speak at our church or my parents or we would go to other churches and go to these conferences, I would think like, wow, when that guy prays, like something happens. Like when, whenever he prays, like he, wow, like that, that guy means what he, like something's different whenever he prays. And I began to examine my own prayer life and think, man, I don't have what it takes. I can't pray like that. Whenever I pray, nothing really happens. Whenever I pray, it just seems like I don't have the words to say. I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to say. Am I saying it wrong? Am I doing it wrong? Whenever I pray, how come it doesn't seem to move the heart of God like it does whenever this person prays? And I begin to have so much doubt fill my mind that I just wouldn't pray. Because if it didn't work, then why do it? And I just wasn't sure. And then the older I got, the more I learned, the more I sought after God and began to pray, I began to understand why we pray. 
And then whenever I found out and discovered why we prayed, everything else just fell into place. It's really hard to say, I'm going to have a lifestyle of prayer if you don't know why you're praying. It's really hard to say, God, I want to find you in this secret place if I don't know why I'm trying to find him. Once I discovered the why, everything else became easy. So I want to talk to you today about the why, the reasons why we pray. And then when you discover why we pray, you begin to find out what our third point is going to take us to. Let's look at this. Three reasons why we pray. In your outline, let's write down number one. Prayer acknowledges God and allows Him into our lives. Prayer acknowledges God and allows Him into our lives. God only values relationship based on choice. In your outline right below, Revelations 3 says, I stand at the door and knock. If you... If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. He's not standing there beating on the door saying, hey, let me in, you little rascal. I'm coming in after you. No, he's saying, if you invite me in, then I want to come in. If you invite me in, then I am willing and ready to come in. When you wake up in the morning, you have to ask yourself this question. Do I want God's assistance in my day today? A day in your outline without prayer is a boast against God. A day without prayer is a boast against God. Let me explain that. I saw some of your eyes. like, If you don't need God in your finances, then don't pray about it. (laughs) If you don't need God in your marriage, then don't pray about it. If you don't need God in your calling, then don't pray about it. But the problem is, you need God in every single area of your life. So if you go and and not invite God into that situation, you're telling God you've got better control of it than He does. So you have to pray and ask God into that particular situation. Prayer is telling God that you need Him. You are inviting Him into your life. You need to invite God into your finances, into your marriage, into your relationships, into your career, into your calling. And let me take that one step further. Whenever you pray, you invite the shepherd to lead you. Eighteen times in the New Testament, God refers to himself as the shepherd. Whenever you pray, you invite the shepherd to come and lead you. In your notes, let's look at this. Uh, Psalms 23. The Lord is my what? Shepherd. Shepherd. Ezekiel 34. You are my flock, the sheep of my pasture. John 10. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. These verses show us something that you probably already know, that Jesus is our shepherd and we are the what? We're the sheep. And, and, and I want to give you a, a kind of a fun illustration about sheep. And, and you probably know some of this, but some of it you're going to be like, oh, I didn't know that. So uh, three things about sheep. Sheep can't navigate. Uh, you've never heard of a homing sheep. Uh, you've heard of like homing pigeons, but sheep can't, can't navigate. Uh, and, and in fact, they roam. Uh, they, they, they say whenever sheep are eating, they just wander off. 
They don't even pay attention. They don't even know what's going on. They've just got their head down, and they just wander away from the flock. Sheep cannot bear burdens. This is, this is pretty cool. Uh, you've never heard of a, a load pack sheep. <laughs> you've, you've heard of like a, a load mule or, or whatever, but you've never heard of that. And a sheep, why not? Because their legs are not physically possible to carry the weight. They don't have the stamina to carry heavy loads. And in fact, this is kind of interesting. Sheep, if they get themselves into a corner where they feel feared and they can't, or they fear, feel fearful and they can't escape it, uh, they actually die of a panic attack. They can't bear burdens. Sheep cannot bear the weight and the loads of what life brings to it. If it gets to a hard place, it has a panic attack and dies. They were never made to carry a burden. And we're sheep. Sheep cannot defend themselves. You've never heard of an attack sheep. (laughs) Whenever a a sheep has its head down, it's eating. You've seen the the face of of a sheep. And because of the structure of its head, whenever it's eating, it can actually look in all directions and see all around it. But the problem is the sheep totally rely upon the shepherd to take care of its prey. It can see its prey, but it can't do anything about it. And whenever the sheep sees its prey, because he's sitting down eating, he will begin to find his way back to the shepherd because he knows he can't protect himself. So when God looks at us, his sheep, God is thinking you can't navigate, you can't carry a burden, you can't defend yourself. You need a shepherd. Prayer is telling God, I'm choosing you as my shepherd. I am needing you in my life as I am a sheep. I cannot function how you created me to function without a shepherd. There's two positions when it comes to sheepiness. You have the, the, the shepherd and you have the herder. The herder's in the back pushing, the shepherd's in the front leading. Eighteen times in the New Testament, Jesus refers to himself or it's referred to him as a shepherd. He's never in the back pushing. We read it a while ago. He says, I'm standing at the door. I'm ready for you, but I'm not going to push you. I'm not in the back of this system. I'm on the front leading. And if you want to follow me, you've got to open the door to me. And I will gladly lead you because you can't navigate. You can't carry burdens. You can't defend yourself. So come follow me. I will lead you. Prayer acknowledges God and allows him into our lives. Number two, prayer builds a prioritized personal relationship with God. Prayer builds a personalized relationship with God. It's impossible to know someone you don't talk to. Prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. Learning how to hear God is important in our prayer life. We talked about it last week. We begin to hear God's voice through the Word of God, through meditation, through the secret place. I pray 
to know God. You know, a couple of years ago, I honestly couldn't say what I'm about to say, but I can say this now, that one of the highlights of my week is this right here. It's not me holding a microphone. It's getting to know you all. I text you. I call you throughout the week. I'm Facebooking. I'm messaging you. I get to spend time with you on Sunday. We get to ask questions. We get to talk about each other. We get to talk to each other. We get to talk about each other, to each other, around each other. We get to find out what's going on in your life. You get to find out what's going on in my life. And what is that doing? Building relationships. Well, that's funny. Isn't that what prayer is? Prayer is building a relationship with God. And how much, and maybe you don't like me at all, and that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll grow on you. That's fine. But you come in here, and, and you're just like, I don't know. But there's something in you that likes a relationship. You like talking to other people. You like finding out about other people. If you like it just a little bit, Randy, and Randy likes it just, and, Tra and Terrence likes it just a little bit more, how much more does God want from you? He's like, I want to know all about you. I want you to know all about me. And you can't do it unless you're finding God in a secret place and understanding why we're doing it. I, I kind of I like this time. Number three, prayer exercises our, write down, spiritual authority. Prayer exercises our spiritual authority. Genesis 1, God gave man authority. They lost it. Jesus got it back. You now have access to it. You've heard the story from Adam. Luke ten nineteen in your notes. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure, injure you. How much authority do you have? It's in bold. How much authority do you have? What? No, you have some. You have all authority. Jesus has given you all authority. So that means whenever you lay hands on the sick, what happens? They are healed. They recover. You lay hands upon uh, someone that's possessed. What happens? The demon has got to go. Whenever you speak the name of Jesus, what happens? All authority of heaven begins to back and endorse you. And whatever is, is in heaven is on earth. Prayer is getting God to do something in heaven and manifesting it here on earth. Why do you pray? You pray because God wants to have a relationship with you for you to do and operate on earth what is already being done in heaven. Why pray? It's underneath John chapter 10. We're going to fill out this thing. You need God's help. Why pray? You need God's help. Number two, I pray, you need to know your God. And number three, why pray, you give God control of the outcome. You give God control of the outcome. When we pray, we invite God into our situation. 
He doesn't force Himself on you. He doesn't force Himself in your situation. You have to invite Him in. You have to come to a place and say, God, I need you. I need you in this place. I need you in this place. And whenever you invite God into that place, you go into your secret room, your secret place. And you get the revelation of God for that situation. You, you are getting heaven to manifest itself on earth because you have the authority that Jesus had. And when Jesus walked on this earth, nothing had authority over him. The wind, the waves, sickness, healing, miracles, diseases, nothing had authority over him. And he only did what he saw the Father do. So if he saw the Father heal, the healing manifest on earth. If he saw the Father do something, then it manifested on earth. And so we come in here on our weekends. We go throughout our week. And we haven't invited God into our situations. We've, we've, we've flippantly said a prayer about it. We've said... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with this. And Jesus is standing at the door. And invite me in. Invite me into your marriage. Invite me in to your child that's run from me. I got it. Come, come seek me in this place. Because I'm doing it in heaven. I'm going to manifest it for you on earth. You give God control of the outcome. Whatever happens, God's got control of the outcome. But if you don't pray about it, you don't give Him control of it. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.